Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of the WRSU crew. Chris Akonis, Dylan McCoy, Kaor Palan here with you. And guys, we've got ourselves quite the show. Um, Mike O'Neill, Rutgers women's soccer head coach, joining us at the bottom of the hour at 630. So uh, make sure you guys stick around for that. That'll be a fun one. Um, Rutgers women's soccer, of course, taking on Michigan State in their Big Ten, first round of the Big Ten uh, tournament uh, out in Columbus tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so we'll have coverage of that as well. Um, but, you know, want to start with the big news. Geo Baker announcing today that he is looking to get evaluated and is basically declaring for the draft, but leaving open the door of returning to Rutgers, um, not hiring an agent, keeping his eligibility. Um, has until July 19th to decide one way or the other. So um, I guess, guys, right off the bat, what do you make of this move? Big day for Rutgers. Um, All right. I didn't ask uh, Bill Belichick. I asked Bill <laughs> McCoy. Um, no, I think I don't really know what to think of this because honestly, I've never really seen Gio as a as an NBA type prospect. I mean, he's a hooper. That's no insult to his game. But, you know, just NBA prospects have some skill set that, you know, uh, other players just don't really have. Um, and, you know, I, I think I understand why Gio's doing this, you know. If, if, if he thinks he has a chance to go pro, then he should absolutely, you know, test that chance because he's been outspoken against the NCAA. He's been outspoken, you know, for NIL rights. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a good test for Gio. But ultimately, I think he's going to end up coming back and, and, and spending another season with the Scarlet Knights because he has one year of eligibility remaining. You know, to be completely honest, this one, I don't know about you guys, but to me, at least it stings a little more than the other ones. Um, just because of who Geo Baker is, uh, who he's become for this program. And, um, you know, he, he's not only a player on the Rutgers basketball team, but he was the leader. He was the person that, you know, if you say his name around campus, everybody would kind of know who Geo Baker is. And that's the type of player um I think Coach Peichel developed under his wing, uh, and that's basically who the player was that uh, defined, essentially, if Steve Peichel was going to be, you know, a good developmental coach or just somebody there to get get vic- you know, get victory for uh, the Scarlet Knights. And I think, you know, because who we've seen or how we've seen Geo Baker kind of develop over the last couple of years into not only. Um, you know, a player for the Scarlet Knights, but almost a, almost as if he was a symbol for the Scarlet Knights. And, um, you know, he served as the voice of this team. And we saw that in the NCAA tournaments when he took, you know, his platform onto next, uh, I would say he leveraged his platform to, to speak up for a cause that he very deeply believed in. And, um, you know, that's the type of player that we've seen on the court. You know, we saw him every every week so to say in the basketball season but everybody else in the in the NCAA world kind of now knows who Geo Baker is um and 
because of that, I don't blame him for his decision. Because, uh, listen, I completely agree with Dylan in saying that, yes, his skill may be a little lacking when it comes to if you compare it to another NBA-ready prospect. But sometimes it's not all about skill. Um, you know, it's about the attitude, about the leadership quality of uh, any um, prospect out there. And to me, I think if you're checking just that attitude bubble, that fills in completely for Geo Baker. And that skill is a secondary asset that that's co- that comes with it. And a lot of NBA teams might be looking for that or, you know, might not be looking for that. It all depends. But I think for me, at least, I think this departure, if it does happen, is going to be a little rough than the other ones. Yeah, uh, Rutgers Barstool put up a poll today uh, on Twitter, and it literally was, who is your favorite Rutgers player of the past? And there was guys like Muhammad Sanu, uh, Devin, and, you know, the McCourty twins, and there was an other category. And, of course, I had to pick other, and I said, Miles Johnson. You know, it feels weird to say that, but a lot of guys that, you know, were, were, were favorites on this team – are you know if not this year soon going to be Rutgers players of the past and it's interesting to think about because you know this program has really been defined by guys like Gio, um, Ron, Jacob Young, Miles Johnson and um, it's going to be interesting what is the defining factor of this program when all of those people are are out of the program which you know maybe we don't see happening to Gio right now but it is going to happen in a year if it doesn't happen right now. So it's something that Rutgers fans definitely have to uh, look, you know, not look forward to, but have to look for in the uh, in the near future. I, I think if you're going to make the comparison between what Steve Peichel has done with Rutgers basketball and what Greg Shana did with Rutgers football in the first few years, um, they both follow somewhat similar trajectories. Um, I, I think in that case, I think Geo Baker – best fits the mold of Brian Leonard in the sense that, you know, he was the first, he became like the face of the team as they were making their way up uh, into relevancy and, and in uh, basketball's case to the NCAA tournament. Um, so I think that's probably the comparison I would make. Um, and now it's up to this next generation of players coming up, uh, you know, Cliff uh, Morier or, you know, Jaden Jones, Jalen Miller, who's coming in, um, this fall. Um, they're the ones that I think are going to be taking the program to the next level over the next two, three years. Um, so I think we're at that point of their development. But for me, if you had to make a comparison between football and basketball, Geo Baker is the, the Brian Leonard of Rutgers basketball. And I don't think there's much of a debate about that, honestly. Leaping Geo Baker. Oh, could you imagine? No, no, no. His step back right. is the Leonard leap basically yeah i would say so it, it's pretty iconic that that'll be a good uh poll to put up uh is the baker step back the leonard leap of uh rutgers basketball oh that would uh that would be interesting i mean i i would say so because if you think about it the Baker step back is what symbolizes Rutgers, you know, re re rise to prominence in, in college basketball. And, you know, 
the the letter leaf symbolized Rutgers' first rise to prominence in college football. I mean, at least since the 1870s when we were winning the first game. But um, I called those games. I, I'm sure you did. I, I believe it. It was back on WRSUAM. WRSUAM, six fifty. I don't know what it was. It was six eighty. Six eighty. There's actually like a a plaque at the front of the station. I don't know if you ever noticed it, where it like talks about the history. God uh, built that plaque. I believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, who do you think wrote it out? Jesus. Oh, I would, yeah. I, would, I would have thought Pav would have done it, but. Yeah. Hey, they made you do everything, huh? Yeah, well, I had tenure, so. <laughs> uh, but getting back to Rutgers, you know, uh, where do you guys think Paul Mulcahy, uh is uh, stands after, you know, news like this? Um, you know, if Gio's not leaving now, he's leaving next year. You know, I talked about that before. Um, but Paul is really in a position, you know, where he's, he's probably going to have to take a step up. He's probably – going to be a guy who has the ball more often a guy who's asked to do more things do you guys think paul is going to be able to you know kind of step up and take more of an offensive load for this team i mean there's no reason to think that he can i mean if you look at his numbers um the main reason he averaged six points a game and three assists a game he played like 27 minutes a night Uh, and also three three rebounds he's he's you know he was a good glue guy I think that this is the year where he can take the next step because if you look at, you know, if you look at his numbers, his efficiency numbers, um, you know, he shooting, he shoot shot 48% from the floor and 39% from behind the arc. The reason why he didn't score more points is because he didn't take a lot of shots, but there's no, nothing from an ability standpoint or from a, a capability standpoint to suggest that Paul Mulcahy can't be that guy. Like he's, he's a good enough shooter to drop 10 plus a night. It's just, he didn't have to do it because there were other scoring options on the team. And, you know, generally his mentality is pass first. He has that kind of, um, you know, a, a Jason kid uh, type uh, mentality of pass first, make the teammates around you better. And he's done a good job of that. But I think next year, we're re- whether Geo comes back or not, we're going to see Paul Mulcahy become a much more active scorer, um, a much more um, crucial scorer. And I think that it's going to be fun to watch him take that next step. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but every time I watch uh, Paul play, I, it always seems like he's, you know, always a step ahead, at least of um, whoever he's, you know, being guarded by. But And whenever he does get the ball, he methodically thinks about, you know, what the next next play should be or how the play should develop. And I think that's a skill that's very rare um, in a basketball player. Obviously, it's different if you're, you know, highly gifted and just shooting the basketball into the hoop. Um, but it's also, I think, undervalued when a player is, you know, able to create chances not only for himself but for the team as well. And that's the type of player Paul is. And I think if there is someone who um, – you know, I guess I can trust into kind of still being the glue guy in, in a brand new team or a brand new personality of a team. I think Paul McKay is the perfect character to do that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does it amongst, you know, a very young crew, which I'm hoping will, um, you know, be fun for him and fun for Coach Peichel too, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting as 
one vote so far in the uh, WRC Sports poll on Twitter, and the Geo Baker three, according to the first person, is the Leonard Leap of Rutgers basketball. I'd have to agree with them. Um, but I'm interested to see that poll progress. Yeah, um, me too. I, I, I think you're going to see a division between our younger followers who either are students or recent alumni and like, you know, the followers who like were diehards back when, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a generational divide in that poll. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they're not that far apart. I mean, they're 14 years apart. Like, I would say a good amount of Rutgers fans have seen both Brian Leonard Leap and Geo Baker hit a step back three. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I guess it comes down to, you know, what what matters to you more as a fan. There are some fans that are more geared towards football, and there are some that, you know, didn't really care about football that much and are more geared towards basketball, I guess, too. Or also, like, whenever you were a student. Like, if I were a student in 2005, 2006, maybe I would, you know, view that with more nostalgia. I don't know. That's true. Know. That's true. Just, just, no, that makes just, sense. Just a random thought. That makes sense. I mean, I... I look at the Leonard Leap kind of nostalgically, but I definitely agree that I hold the uh, the um, Geo Baker three in kind of higher regard, maybe just because I saw the Geo Baker step back three like at the rack in the student section. So yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I would say I I don't know if I could say Geo Baker step back sign Geo Baker step back greater than sign Leonard Leap. I think it would probably be the other way around just because that Rutgers team was number nine in the country, the football team. So I don't know. Uh, interesting. I, I mean, it, if that's how you're judging it, then let's say, you know, the Knights were able to make it to the, I don't know, the elite eight or maybe the final four this year. Then would you have put it in high regards? I think it would be like number one Rutgers thing for every fan if they made the Elite <laughs> Eight this year. Fair enough. And then every deciding basket in every game was <laughs> the Geo step back three. I wouldn't even have been surprised if that was the case, honestly. Just because the last like last year before COVID, that was literally every game we needed to be bailed out. Geo hit a three and we won. You know what stunk about this tournament? And it's like the one thing that like I'll always like look back and say, and not even it's not even about the team itself. Imagine what the campus would have been like after the Clemson game if it were a normal year and everyone were on campus. Place would be it would have been crazy on another level. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, like there were restaurants and bars that were open, and there was some excitement. But Reds like, was fun. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Um, did not partake. Uh, had some other obligations at the time, but um, I've heard good things. But my point is, it, nothing compares to having 30,000 or however many thousand Rutgers students just losing their mind on campus at the same time. Like, campus would have been shut down for that game. That that's. I mean, we'll have more opportunities for that. Hopefully next year they're back. Um, you know, too early to know one way or the other until we see who they get in the portal. Um, looks like Paulie Policap, uh, from what I saw on Twitter is having another meeting with coach Peichel, uh, had another meeting with coach Peichel today at three. Um, so maybe we'll get some news on that front soon, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paulie, 
Holy cap. How can that guy not come to Rutgers? Did, did you guys just hear his name? Like, was born for Jersey. He Literally, all I could think of when I heard that name was the Sopranos picture with the phrase inarticulate Italian noises on the picture because that's all I've seen for the past like two months on Rutgers Twitter. And this guy would just fit perfectly. So I really hope Michael can make that happen. If not for his good play, just for all the jokes we can get. I mean, what's more Jersey than that? that that's like that. That's the only way you could get more Jersey than that is like James Gandolfini on the sideline with Greg Chiano. Like that's the most oh, Jersey thing you could get. I wish. Rest in peace. Yeah. He was our he was our celebrity fan. Yeah, he really was. That's uh, you know. Yeah. So it's a. Hopefully, uh, we'll have more celebrities, of course. You know, from yeah. our from our recent Rutgers graduates. And not even Rutgers graduates, just like New Jersey celebrities, just coming out because the rack will be like the forum when Lakers are winning championship after championship. So, like, are you saying like we have like a like a Jersey Shore, like like Paulie D, and like the situation like on the sideline. I, I feel like we can aim higher than that. That's like, those are our celebrities. I wouldn't, I would, but they're not the biggest celebrities out of New Jersey. I, I would. They're say. pretty big celebrities. I think a lot of people uh, know who they are. I, I don't know. Just that never appealed to me. I get it. It was. Yeah. It was funny. It was. By the way, funny. if anyone's interested, the New York Metropolitans are currently losing seven to one to the Philadelphia Phillies at the end of the fifth inning. Doesn't matter how much money they spend, they can spend a billion dollars next year, and they'll still be the New York Mets. Yeah, um, I, I, I really don't. I wish I had something to say to that. Um, looking at it right now, <laughs> David Peterson uh, allowed six earned runs and seven hits and in four innings pitched. Uh, and everything just sort of fell downhill. They let Reese Hoskins go three for three. Bryce Harper two of three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you know, not a uh, not not fun. They literally fun. let the best pitcher on the planet start opening day for their new big you know three hundred million dollar signing on the field, and they still got him a no decision and lost because of the bullpen. I mean, it is. We are three games into the season, so I'm not like, I'm I'm not going to hit the panic button by any means. But this, this is disappointing. Well, I'm not going to lie. You're also playing the Phillies, who already have played three more games than you. So their rotation was already screwed up, and you came in here with your ace and still can close yeah. it out. It yeah. was literally Jacob Degrom well, pitching against Matt Moore. I know. I know. You don't. You don't have to tell me, Dylan. But also, they they really did not need to pull Degrom after seventy seven pitches. They didn't. They not didn't. at all. Like, like it's not. You do not have the bullpen to do that. Degrom like, I'm could go sorry. ninety ninety five pitches. He's he's a deep. He's a starter who goes deep in games. Like, yeah. Um, and they just gave him a run to protect, and uh, what was it? Today though, today's just been horrible. I've been watching the game on and off, and uh, bases loaded, Michael Conforto looking strike. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've got the Yankees in about 10 minutes. Uh, first pitch, Jamison Tyle on the debut tonight. Very exciting stuff. I uh, In Indianapolis, I got to go for the, the Big Ten tournament. You know, I've, I've told this story on air a thousand times probably. Um, 
All but, right, all right. We, what, we, we know about it. No, no, no. But the, the, the stadium in Indianapolis, the AAA stadium, you know, had Tyon, like, uh, on display. And I guess the Pirates affiliate is in Indianapolis. And, you know, it was just really cool to see. Got me excited to see him. You know, I think he has a lot of potential if he could stay healthy. That's really been the the tale of his whole career, though. So we'll have to see. Don't jinx it. You know how the Yankees are with injuries. I do know how the Yankees are with injuries. Luke Voigt is already out for like a month. That's fine though. We oh, we, what about we uh, Aaron Judge? Between last year, general soreness, Chris. That's He's fine. Oblique strain. Come on, you know you know they have those every two days. He's six foot I mean, seven. It's not like I don't know the... what you expect him to do. Six foot seven, and how much does he weigh? Like two eighty. Like He's ridiculous. literally like the size of Rob Gronkowski. Well, that's well, no, he's like an inch and about the same weight as Zion Williamson, because Zion's like six eight, two eighty something. Zion is having such an amazing season. I'm so happy you got to say his name. He's having such an efficient season. He doesn't get enough credit because he's you know he's not at the point where I mean where are the Pelicans? They're not in the playoffs. He went from being overrated picture, in college to underrated in the NBA. I don't know. I don't how think he... he was that underrated. I don't think he was that overrated in college. I, I would say no. I think you know he played up to the height. Honestly, like, I, I, that's I mean, fair. I remember we're not that talking block about Andrew Wiggins here. Oh, that's uh, th- th- I remember that from his one year at Duke, where he just literally flew from like the baseline and got a block from like the corner. It was it was crazy. I, I would can't def- wait for him to sign for the Nets in three years. <laughs> The, the Nets fans are going to start becoming like the Miami Heat fans. They're just going to Photoshop everything. Like, every <laughs> every free agent is going to be coming to the Nets. Like, oh, we're going to – we can't do that. That's gonna We're going to start becoming like the Knicks fans, Chris. Well, no, the difference is uh, our stars will actually sign for us. Whereas the Knicks uh, have to excite themselves about being 500 with Emmanuel Quickly and uh, Julius Randle. Or better so. yet. Or better yet, they try to tank in hopes of getting Zion and then not get him. Ooh. Tank too for, soon. Do you guys remember the picture? I'm sure everyone remembers the picture, but it was uh it was it was just great seeing Knicks fans really put all those players together and then just get absolutely none of them. Chris Cohen is back here with you on the WRSU crew. Tomorrow afternoon, Rutgers women's soccer will play their first Big Ten tournament game as they head to Columbus to face off against Michigan State. Joining us now to give us a little bit of a look inside the program ahead of their first postseason game is Rutgers women's soccer head coach Mike O'Neill. So I guess, you know, coming into the postseason, you had a bit of an unusual uh, setup where you had a Big Ten only season, uh, 10 games, um, uh, obviously, a ton of protocols to deal with, um, but you finally made it to the Big Ten tournament. I guess, how do you feel about where your team is heading into the postseason? Well, trying to have a season in the pandemic has been, you know, very challenging. Um, you know, we talk about all the time about making good decisions so we can continue to play. So we're proud of the of the team and the way that they've come together. So we could have a season and have the opportunity for postseason. So, yeah, so we're excited to be a part of postseason. Postseason, uh, we're it's, it's, you know a compliment to the players and all their hard work and determination, commitment. 
to give ourselves the opportunity to keep playing. Um, this is the best time of year because you, everyone knows that you need to win in advance. So all records are out the window. Um, but we know that um, to get the opportunity to play for a championship, we need to win three games. But we're only focusing on one game at a time, and that's tomorrow, which is Michigan State. But everybody's really excited for the opportunity to play tomorrow. And that leads me to my next question. So Michigan State was a team that you guys played back in the beginning of March. You beat them. Uh, now you get a second look at them. I guess from what you've seen on film from Michigan State since you last saw them, I guess what stood out to you? What are the focus points heading into this game for your team? Yeah, they're they're a better side, you know, and, and, and so are we. You know, we played Michigan State um, 3-1 on field turf. We beat them 3-1 on field turf. It was just a different time of year. And there's been a lot of games uh, in between. So, you know, we know they're going to be well-organized. They're a well-coached team. Um, but the focus this week has really been on us and what we need to do to continue to get better and give us the opportunity to win the match. So we'll have some things for the players tomorrow, um, things we need to accomplish to be successful in the game. And, um, you know, we'll uh, – but we but we know, like, every, every game and, you know, like I said earlier, the, the – Records are, are out the window because every game in the Big Ten is a battle. Um, but for us, for tomorrow, um, you know, we know we're playing against a good team and um, we just need to get the job done. Uh, your team returning several key players from last year, um, among them Amir Ali, Nekamaneme, uh, Megan McClellan's in her third year starting back in goal. Um, I guess how critical has their leadership been both on and off the field in terms of, um, you know, navigating the challenges that you alluded to earlier about uh, playing such an unusual spring season? Yeah, that experience, Chris, has been phenomenal um, because their leadership both on and off the field uh, has never been needed more in their time here, you know, from dealing with the pandemic and, making sure that players are making good decisions, uh, whether that be, you know, at, uh, you know, uh, on, on the, at home, on the road, um, you know, the, we, the players have the opportunity to go home and see their families this weekend, but, you know, the, the leadership, um, you know, set, set the rules and guidelines on and expectations of, of what needs to happen for us to continue to play. Um, and that's also critical on the field because, you know, we have uh, 11 new players in the program. Um, at times we're starting, you know, six or seven, whether that be freshmen or sophomores. Um, so I think the experience that, you know, a Shea Holland, a Gabby Provenzano, a Meg McClellan, a NECA, Mona May, a Coley Binkley, a Mira Ali, like you really need to rely on their experience during these times. Um, and we feel that, uh, you know, they've done a really, really good job leading the team. This is a really good team spirit uh, about the group. And, uh, and I think that's, I think that's a, the, the leadership of, of our, our captains and our, our, our seniors have, have been critical. And, and on that theme, you have so many freshmen coming in, uh, and not just coming in, but in, in many cases starting and getting a lot of minutes. Um, I guess, what does it say about this freshman class that they're able to um, fit right into the program and sort of hit the ground running uh, and contribute meaningful minutes and in some cases starting uh, in Big Ten play? Yeah, it says a lot about it. I mean, the freshman class is a, is a really good class. 
Um, and like I said, we have, and then we have two transfers and so, and they've had an impact on the program. And, but we also feel that all the players are working hard and having an impact in the program, you know, but the way to get the experience, it, it's, it's not an easy transition going from high school into college. Um, and the way that they have, uh, you know, grown up, they grown up on the field, um, whether that be in training or whether that be in games. Um, and the only way to, to get that experience is really to play. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really happy with the contribution of, of the, the freshman class and also our two transfers and Abby Jonathan and Adriana Carrilla. Um, but it takes, it takes everybody to be successful. So, you know, we're, we're really happy with uh, the team and how hard they go at it every day. Um, so, you know, we're excited for tomorrow. All right, Coach, I'll let you go. Really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here. Uh, good luck tomorrow, and hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, Chris I thank you so much for your time. All right, that was Coach Mike O'Neill of Rutgers Women's Soccer taking a few minutes to talk to us here on the crew ahead of tomorrow's Big Ten tournament matchup against Michigan State. Locks, locks, locks. This is the segment for you if you're looking for a chance to, I don't even want to promote, say, like, make some money. Just have a good time, I guess. Uh, is Make some money. <laughs> make some money. Try to make some money. We'll, we'll say try. Uh, this, you, you might want to fade me if that's your goal. <laughs> this but, is yeah, I, the uh, WRSU Locks of the Night segment here on the crew where – we try to give you, you know, a little, a little betting, you know, help. I guess trying to yeah, help the viewers out. Only use monopoly out. money, please. Only use only money. use monopoly money. Uh, I'll uh, I'll send it to one of you guys if you have a uh, a confident lock or uh, if you want to throw something out there. Um, I I guess I could go first. Uh, you know. The NBA coming back tonight, as I mentioned during the sportscast, Mr. Kevin Durantula. The uh, Slim Reaper returns. He's coming back against um, the New Orleans Pelicans, who's playing with a hurt Zion. So I like my chances with the Nets. Um, They're currently minus 430 money line, so that doesn't give you any value. But listen, if you take them with a minus 9, spread and you also take the Mavs minus 11 against the Houston Rockets which is easy money and you take the Knicks plus three and a half right take all three of those and put them in a plus five spread on FanDuel you're gonna get a plus 180 or you, you could even do a plus four you can get a plus 230 uh, and you'll get the Nets basically at minus five or minus six and you'll get the Mavs at minus seven which is a tall order so that's why I suggested the plus five spread so you can get the nets at minus four the mavs at minus six and then you'll get the net uh, the knicks boosted to plus eight and a half against the celtics um and i think those plus 200 odds for you know a three-team parlay pretty decent value considering you get a spread uh all three teams have been looking pretty clean so far and the nets only getting stronger knicks i think can take advantage of the struggling brooklyn's uh boston celtics and um 
I think there's no slowing down Luka Doncic, especially against a uh, Houston team that still seems to be figuring out how to operate without uh, Victor Oladipo. Chris, uh, I'll send it over to you next. If you have a if you have a lock, you're ready to go with. Uh, okay. I actually hold on. Oh, I just got word that the Mavs and Rockets game has been postponed due governmental shutdown. What? It literally wait I wait, wait on NBA preview, and it. The headline says Mavs Rockets game postponed due to governmental shutdown. It there's a government shutdown in Texas? I don't know. Uh, how can this be? Hold on. It says Yeah, we we might we we're going to take a little uh, a little detour, I think. We need to we need to see what's going on here. Chris, are you are you here with us? Yeah, maybe I no, I think this is just a preview that they had from I'm here. last game that they had which is weird why would you have that on hang on there's no way let me, let me can't be. i think this is this. cap i think no okay if you're if you have a chance go on nba.com okay click on click on preview for the mavs and rockets game and look at the headline all right all right we're gonna test this we're gonna see what's going on unless i might just have a faulty link to be honest could be the vpn playing games on me which which game dallas houston yeah yep i haven't seen anything on twitter it says That's that weird thing it says yeah i think it's just a bug in nba but it was absolutely weird because it still has today's date right for you yeah and it says the preview was written last night so i don't understand uh but i'm gonna hope that that's not the case I mean, I guess we're going to find out uh, in like an hour. This would be very interesting, especially after the Rangers just had a three-game series where they had sold out stadium. Oh, Uh, that was so (laughs) dumb. That was like the dumbest thing. I I, I think like, why would you think that it would be a good idea to be in the same place as 38,000 other people? In these uncertain times. Like, that is just... <laughs> it's stupid of the team to allow it. Stupid of the government for letting the team do this. And it's stupid for the fans buying the tickets from the team that shouldn't be doing the thing that the government shouldn't be allowing them to do. And yet the fans do it. So stupid. I'm not even saying, like, don't have fans. I'm saying, like, don't be an idiot about it. Like, what the Mets and Yankees are doing makes sense. You're outdoors, right. you space them out, wear the masks, all that fun stuff. Well, it's not really fun, yeah. but you get my gist. The, be- the best part was when they would pan over to the fans and, like, half of them have their masks off because it's voluntary in a stadium. I don't get it. And it's sold out. So, like you said. No, no, no. You can, you can, you have to wear it unless you're, and I'm doing uh, air quotes here, uh, eating or drinking. So, you could literally <laughs> hold, like, an empty Coke bottle, be like, I'm drinking this, and take your mask off. Wow. Yeah. Well, Wild. sorry to depart from your uh, locks tonight, guys. It just caught me. Well, no, 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 no. That's that was that was a healthy, healthy conversation. That's interesting. I I felt like Chris needed to get that off his mind. So <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry. What a bunch of morons. 
should be like the Marlins. At least they sell out for all their fans because they never fill more than 20% of their stadium anyway. I mean, yeah. Basically. It's, you'll get more opposition fans than home fans. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably roll down to a Mets game there at some point if I can. Looks like a cool ballpark. Too bad. It's a team that no one cares about. Anyway, um, now that we've got that out of the way, um, this is going to sound weird coming from a Nets fan, um, but I actually like the Knicks money line tonight. Uh, they're at Boston. Um, you get plus value, plus 130. Celtics have not been playing that great as of late. Um, you know, I think the Knicks, you know, they're not there yet, but they're a young team. They've got a lot of talent. They've, they've overperformed. Um, so I actually like Knicks plus 130 tonight. So I'm going with that. Thanks for taking both the teams I was going to bet on, guys. The, the Nets oh, and I'm the sorry. Knicks. Uh, oh, I, I apologize. You know what? That was I'm unintentional. Gonna, it's, how about, how no, it's all right because I'm I'm going to bet on something very specific. So you said Kevin Durant is coming back tonight. Um, I think he's going to go off. Uh, oh. He is plus 360 to score 30 points. I like that for Kevin Durant tonight. 30-point wow. night in his comeback night. No, no minute restriction, huh? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's Kevin Durant. Absolutely not. Fair enough. We shall see. I wouldn't be surprised, you know? Comeback game. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to have to see. With that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Can We Just Talk here on the Wednesday edition of the WRSU crew here on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. WRSU crew is back to its usual schedule. Tune in every Monday through Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. and Fridays from 4 to 6 p.m. to hear the latest news, takes, and interviews. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Only on 88.7 WRSU-FM and online at WRSU.org. It's good. Mm. It is. Oh, very. Yeah. See what I mean? Brandy Alexander, they call it. Yum, yum. You're going to try this delicious concoction. What is it? Brandy Alexander. Uh, Brandy Alexander. Yes, I'll have the Brandy Alexander, please. You know something? You're absolutely right about that Brandy thing. We, Alexander. About it making me feel good. Brandy Alexander Show, every Monday, 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. on WRSU-FM. If you don't dispose of the unused or expired prescription drugs in your home, they might find a new one. They could end up lost, stolen, or simply misused. Keep them safe, clean them out, take them back at the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration's National Prescription Drug Take Back Day, Saturday, April 24th. To find a collection site near you, please visit DEATakeBack.com. This ad brought to you by the DEA, New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. WRSU Sports is your exclusive home for Rutgers women's basketball. While you can't be at the arena, we'll give you live play-by-play of every home and road game all season long. 
It's all on 88.7 WRSU-FM and online at WRSU.org. You guys know that actually this song, uh, a place I used to work used to play this song on repeat. So oh. now I can only think of this song either at WRSU or <laughs> at Urban Air Trampoline Park. Uh, oh, you worked at a trampoline wait, park. I did work at a trampoline, at a trampoline park. park. Uh, this is this is like a this used to be like a tradition where I'm from. Like a lot of people would work at this place, but this is our segment where you know we like to. We like to uh, let one of our on-air hosts uh, have a segment to talk about. So we're going to spin the WRSU Vegas roulette wheel I have right next to me. And it lands on WRSU Sports Director Chris Aconis. Chris. What you know, you don't you have, have to, to say WRSU sports director every time you introduce me. Oh, I know. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So this is this is kind of a fun little story that I just uh, caught wind of literally 30 seconds ago. Um, so last night, the Mets uh, were playing the Phillies, second of uh, three games, the third of which uh, I do not watch to talk about anymore. Um, but it was the ninth inning, um, top of the ninth inning. Mets were up six to two, win probability 98.9%. Um, the over under for the game was nine. Pete Alonzo was at bat, and um, one of the betters basically the yelled out at him. Nine. Literally, someone yelled at him from the stands. And keep in mind, 20% capacity or whatever they've got over there probably could hear a fan from further away than you would in a packed ballpark. But um, anyway, um, that's basically what happened. Someone said, Hey Pete, the under over is nine. And then on the next pitch, he hits a two run Homer. And that's the ninth and 10th run of the game. Pete I don't know. I thought that was Alonso. kind of awesome. No, Pete Alonso's great. great. Uh, that, that's awesome. Life's too short to bet the under. If you're betting the over good things should happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, as long as it's not like a Virginia basketball game or something. That's like the exception. Yeah, we're to uh the 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 different time zone that is Virginia. <laughs> That's a nice little inside joke. Yeah. I, I, I just like that Pete Alonso um, you know, respected the better enough to get him over the edge. Wish more athletes did that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people probably had uh Mets money line and could have used his help today. Um, currently down eight to one. They let another. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I was actually having this discussion with one of my friends uh, yesterday. He was like, "If I was the basketball coach, I would tell my team like, it doesn't matter if we're up thirty or we're down thirty. We're scoring until we hit that over. Like, <laughs> that's illegal. Hey, I mean, it's illegal if you get caught. As long as he's not the one with the money on the game, it's not really illegal. That's a fact." Like, that's just, you know, encouraging your team to go over the speed limit. 
But what if you tell? What if he's like secretly has his family members betting on the over? You see, that's different. That would be wrong. That's then. Then there's a conflict of interest there. But if you're just looking out for betters who you know don't have any uh, affiliation with you or the team, you know you're just doing someone a solid. Times are hard. Got to make a few bucks. You you, got to give people stimmies who can't afford stimmies, right? Exactly. But it's a DraftKings stimmy. Nah, did you know? So, like, you know how basically um, you can't have that, uh, I guess, insider information. Um, this is going a little off topic, but my... Uh, In investing. So my, brother work, my, my brother works for uh, an accounting firm, and he's actually not allowed to partic- partake in the stock market or any stock trades. Nor are we in the family, because if his company does, um, I guess, audit our family and finds out that one of his or one of like, let's say, like one of his clients was in our portfolio anywhere, we would get or he would get fired and then we get charged by the IRS. It's kind of weird. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's Um, pretty crazy. It's funny because I was literally um, watching a lecture today about insider trading. Um, so it was kind of interesting how you brought that up. So like you can't can't do anything stock related at all. Is that is that what it is? You technically he, he can't because the thing is, like he can technically change his client any time of the year. And if his client is in the stock market or is associated with any other company within that, like that, you know, is publicly traded, it would be like. Yeah. Basically, he has insider information, especially as an yeah. accountant. Like, you have access to their financials. So, it's kind of weird. But hey, listen, you could be an insider bookie and just, you know, help the people out. Interesting. Um, wow, I didn't even know that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, Pete Alonso doing better's uh, a solid. The, have um, you ever I also seen the, see. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Chris. Have you ever seen no, no, you Damian, Lillard, Damian Lillard gets called out on Twitter? No. So every time, like, let's say a fan has, you know, something uh, or prop bet on Damian Lillard or, um, you know, on the Trailblazers, he will subtweet or not subtweet, but like uh, quote or reply tweet to the fan who posts like his betting slip saying like, Oh, I needed twenty points from uh, you, Damian Lillard, not McCollum. And uh, Lillard was like, "Well, then you should have put it on McCollum, huh?" And he'll just like tr- talk trash to whatever the fan was who like lost the bet, saying to them like, "Why don't you go out and play basketball instead of me?" It's hilarious. Ouch! Yeah, here's something else that actually popped up uh, on my timeline while while we're talking about it. So, um, yeah, y'all know the Masters coming up uh, this weekend. Um, of course, by the way, you're, by the way, you're listening to WRSU FM, New Brunswick, top of the hour. I had to get that in there. Of course. Um, so basically, um, uh, someone posted on, I think it was Facebook, um, that he, that Bryson DeChambeau did not play a master's practice, uh, round on Tuesday, uh, because someone posted that, um, he ran into Bryson DeChambeau, um, and played 11 holes of disc golf. I like so that it. is how Bryson DeChambeau is uh, preparing for um, the Masters. Oh, that actually reminds me. I'm going to get this in real quick before we go to break. Uh, Gideon, who has been on fire 
locks of the week. He couldn't be on today, but he wanted to give me his lock real quick. Uh, Jordan Spieth to win the Masters. Again, another tournament oh. for Jordan Spieth, according to Gideon. I just had to get that in real quick. Um, I think we are going to go to a quick commercial break right now. Uh, we're going to get you know the things we got to get in. Uh, in terms of commercials, and we're going to be right back with the second hour of the Wednesday edition of The Crew here on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.